0: hi this is kev legs walker and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on shades of blues here on the cat and there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives sit back and enjoy i am delighted to say i'm joined on the phone by jeff shucard all the way from portugal jeff are you well
1: I'm very well, thank you, and uh, thanks for the invitation. I I appreciate it very much.
0: Well, you were recommended by uh, a mutual friend of ours, Gürxenin, from uh, Turkey.
1: Yes. um, Gürxenin is a very, very dear friend and uh, colleague and uh, peer and uh, fellow conspirator, you know, (laughs) who's uh, underground and... um, she also um, co-produced the, the this album I I just released as um, uh, Sweet Pop Lowdown called As Good As This. Um, yeah, she was indispensable, and um, I have nothing but love and admiration for her music and the person that she is.
0: Well, I'm hoping to be talking to her in a few months' time because while we were setting this up, she said that she's going to be releasing an album. Maybe around mm-hmm. about October time. So, uh, hopefully, have a catch up with her. But let's talk about you. When did you okay. first get into music?
1: Well, um, I first, the first jazz, jazz music um, I heard was in my p- grandparents' attic in Patterson, New Jersey, where I was born
0: and raised.
1: Um, their attic, they had this fabulous, you know, huge attic that was the repository of all the family, you know, the extended families, steamer trunks and antique, well, they weren't antiques then. Uh, but anyway, among all of that was, a, was an old Victrola and piles, uh, stacks of old 78s of popular recording artists of the twenties, like, uh, Cliff Edwards, uh, ukulele Ike and, um, Sophie Tucker, who was a very popular kind of blue, white blues shouter. And, um, uh, you know, uh, popular jazz bands like Red Nichols and um, I'm not sure who else. But anyway, I, I would have a great time going up there, cranking up this old Victrola and listening to this music that was already, you know, archaic. You know, it was no longer, you could no longer hear that music on the radio. And I just fell in love with it, you know, it's a mysterious thing. Uh, sometimes I think, you know, in, in uh, my uh, in my past lifetime, my most recent past lifetime, I, I played in one of these bands. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that was my first uh, big experience. And that w- really was a big experience for me because when I uh, was a teenager then, I started going, uh, hanging out in Greenwich Village with, uh, in New York City, which was only about eight miles away. Uh, from Patterson, and um, literally stumbled on my next revelation, which was um, walking into this little club and and seated seated right in front of me, just a few feet away with Sonny, Terry, and Brownie McGee. And the club was called Gertie's Folk City, which later became famous as Bob Dylan's first great um, success playing at Gertie's. It was a small club, very bare bones, and I had never heard the blues before, you know, you know, like acoustic blues played on guitars and harmonicas. And I was just floored. Um, I just fell in love with it and uh, have been ever since.
0: Greenwich Village is world famous for the, the rise of the folk scene, so was that starting to happen when you got there then?
1: It had started... I, I caught the tail end of it. Um, th- this would when I was started going in there when I was about sixteen uh, years old, and uh, which would have been in the late sixties. I missed, you know, like you know, Dylan in the village. He's already, you know, moved on by then. Um, but I, I heard some some pretty remarkable music. Like I heard Lightning Hopkins there um at that club and you know, I felt like it was in the presence of one of the gods, you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, you know, uh Lightning Hopkins and um Alberta Hunter and oh, you know, Bonnie Raitt before she, you know, became famous and on and on and on. And and also great the great some great uh singer songwriters like uh Tim Harden and uh Jerry Jeff Walker, Paul Siebel. Um all of those uh, people were still playing uh, in the clubs there.
0: In the notes that I've got, it says that your music draws on such past masters as Mar Rainey, Bo Carton, Leroy Carr. Were these mm-hmm. people you were listening to, or, or was that just a, a kind of general influence?
1: That came a little later uh, when I um, started to listen to... Um, very early, you know the earliest um, uh, jazz and blues recordings and, and 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 you know among that treasure trove of you know magical music it, it, to me the the one you know this the, this the ultimate uh, chronicle of that music was Jelly Roll Morton's library of congress recordings for Alan Lomax which are available um, mm this was a mind blowing thing for me. And, um, um, I started to, um, attempt to play that kind of music on the guitar and listen to, um, those early blues recording artists who were all, re- who were all women and all recording with jazz bands or, or pianists. I mean, did the earliest, re- um, the first blues recording that we have was by uh, Mamie Smith, it was recorded in New York, as as a lot of them were. And so all of those Smiths, Mamie Smith and Bessie Smith and and there was Clara Smith and uh, women like Ida Cox and um, another, Sippy Wallace, huge influence on me. Yeah, that came later on in in the progression of my education in in, uh, jazz and blues.
0: When you were back at the village and being influenced by what you saw, did you form a band then?
1: No, I was still, I was still in high school and, um, yeah, I was in high school and I was just, you know, running in, into the village. Um, you know, every, every chance I got. And, and I was also going up to 52nd street, which was the area where the jazz clubs were and, and hearing some of the great jazz masters, uh, you know, play in clubs like Eddie Condon's and, um, Roy Eldridge had a club up there and, um, and and so I was getting you know I was getting a pretty well rounded first hand listening experience to everyone from you know country blues players like uh, you know Gary the da- Reverend Gary Davis and uh, Lightning Hopkins and Big Joe Williams and all these people, but also getting you know a jazzy a, a more jazzy education uptown or in Midtown Manhattan uh, at those clubs. It, it was a beautiful beautiful thing. Um, I didn't, form, I didn't form any band uh, at all until I was um, maybe around um, 40 years old. I first started playing in public um, in Ireland, in uh, Connemara, where I lived for four years. Um, and that was my apprenticeship, I, I guess you'd call it, in, um, in music, uh, just playing as a solo uh, in clubs there. And then when I emigrated to Canada... In the 1990s that's when I formed this band called Sweet Papa Lowdown which was um, a band uh, that uh, played a, a type of music that I called postmodern retrofusion Afro-American hokum jazz and blues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Then. <laughs>
1: And we had uh you know tubas and trombones and mandolins and fly guitars and and um it was it was uh you know this amalgam of like it was like uh, you know a collage of everything that i'd been listening to and absorbing and you know and trying to uh, assimilate into a package and I had that band uh for years uh many years and, and that's how i that's how I came to um Connect with uh, Chris Barber, right? Um, and um, he had heard my my uh, sweet Papa Lowdown's first album, which was called Lost and Found, and um, he he really enjoyed it. He 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 liked this sound that that I put together, and gave me a call uh, in Vancouver to compliment me really on on, on the music and um, to see if we might work together and. And we did. We decided that it, was, it would be much easier uh, for him to just come to Canada and perform with, uh, with my band, and, um, which he did uh, for uh, two years in a row. And uh, we toured together, and we recorded a live album uh, for CBC Radio, which um, is out there in the cyber world, uh, called One of Your Smiles. So that was a big boon to my... Uh, a band and uh, career, as it were.
0: One of the quotes that they have got here is that New Orleans lives in Canada's Pacific Northwest. That's right. Have you been to New Orleans? Is that a big influence on you?
1: I, I, have, been to New, I have been to New Orleans, and, and yeah, the um, New Orleans jazz, sure, very big influence.
0: When you were talking about the horns in your band, I've been to New Orleans a couple of times, and the biggest thrill is when you hear the people walking down the street playing the the horn section. Everybody just comes out of the bars and just watches them. It's amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the album we did with Chris Barber, One of Your Smiles, there's a lot of that. Um, That that album has more of the New Orleans uh, feel than... Uh, than anything. And actually on, on my on this album I just released, I, I, I did one New Orleans song tribute that's called um, uh, That Cheap Red Wine with, uh, that has uh, sousaphone trombone um, lines going on uh, through it. And um, yeah, the, the new release, which is just all original compositions, I, I conceived it as tributes to all of these uh, genres of blues and jazz that that have informed my life as a musician. So that that song, Cheap Red Wine, that's my new Orleans song on that, on the release.
0: In the notes, it says about you discovering tapes during the pandemic, there was a lot of audio tapes made in Connemara. Is that what this new album is, a compilation of those? Or are they reworkings?
1: No, they—they—they they, they're, they're, um, they, they are neither. Uh, They—they are original songs, so original compositions that I've written recently, but have never recorded or anything like that. I wanted to do an album of just my own songs. Uh, in fact, Gretson an, and uh, recorded one of my songs uh, recently, called "Just Like a Fool." And on her new album, her forthcoming album, uh, she's doing another song that I wrote. Um, so yeah, all, over the years, I, I've been writing songs, but it, it never occurred to me before to to do um, an album of them until until fairly recently. Uh, the Connemara tapes were cassettes that I discovered when when I was you know shut down on in COVID, and I had these boxes, cartons of. The, of old uh, cassettes. Um, a lot of them were homemade that I uh, just had laying around for years, and I went through them and discovered that there was some pretty good music on it that I had made just at my kitchen table in, in uh, Cleggan. Of course, they're very poor quality, audio quality, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it was like discovering a, an old friend, you know, I knew years ago but had uh, lost track of.
0: You were saying that you'd not recorded a CD of original material before. Doing it now, was that... Did you feel the time was right, or did somebody suggest it?
1: I I think that uh, I would blame COVID. I've been blaming COVID for all kinds of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, first of all, I I just turned 72 last week, so, you know, there's... You know, there's some sense of, you know, mortality. You know, like when you get to be uh, my age, uh, you you know, you, you want... You want to, uh, you know, start taking stock of, you know, what what, what time you have left and, and what you hope to accomplish. So the, the album originally w- was to be recorded um, by my old group, Sweet Papa Lowdown, but in this stumble with uh, Guxman as producer and including uh, Turkish musicians that I've uh, been working with, and um, but COVID um, COVID uh, did not allow that to happen. And so I, 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 I kind of recons- reconsidered uh, the album. Since I wouldn't have my band, and I, I wouldn't be able to get the, that sound that I, that I wanted, I thought then, well, I'm just going to do an album of my own tunes. And this would be uh, something that I could just do with the rhythm section and, uh, you know, a couple of side men. And that's what it ended up being.
0: So has this inspired you to write more and do another all-original album?
1: You know what? Absolutely, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the next project.
0: So are you one of these that does constantly write tunes and then sticks a bit of paper in your back pocket?
1: Yeah, something, yeah. I, I think that if you were to ask, you know, you know a thousand musicians uh you know th- that question you know they would all say no i'm already working on the next project i'm already thinking of the next project mm. it's um it's got to be like it it has to, it's part of the creative uh energy right to you know to just move on and move on um from one to the next what i was thinking of doing was um Becoming uh, Gutson and the accompanist, and 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 see if I can get her to do uh, some of the um, old, you know, the classic female blues singers. She's already doing this incredibly well, um, but not with a pared-down uh, acoustic sound with her band, which is, which is very good. Yeah, She's mm. a great band behind her. We'll see.
0: Yeah, that sounds a very interesting mm. prospect. Talking of future plans, what are your plans for the future?
1: My plans for the future are to enjoy life as much as I possibly can.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: within, within that context, um, um, we, we're we intending to um, travel to, um, to Turkey uh, for a couple of months um, in the spring and be able to spend uh, time there. And by then, I hope I, I'll have um, you know, uh, demos of um, an album to you know to um, present to Guxen and, and, and see what she thinks thinks of it, and uh, go in the studio with her again.
0: I was just thinking that, as far as I can recall, you are the first person I've spoken to from Portugal. Obviously, not Portuguese, but you are living there and have done for a while. What's the music scene like over there?
1: The music scene um, is not huge. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, th- uh, um, there isn't a large culture of live music mm. um, in uh, Portugal. That is because, and, and of course, I'm saying this as a vi- uh, as a visitor here, and, uh, and not as an expert on Portuguese history. But um in Portugal um, is emerging, you know, still from uh, you know a forty some year dictatorship which shut down the entire cultural life of the country and not just the cultural life but the educational life and everything else it was it was quite repressed and and, and in a lot of ways portugal is still it's still emerging from that and in its emergence um, there there is there there are great uh, performers here and great musicians um, but i would not i would not say that there's a vibrant music scene as there is in Istanbul. Istanbul, huge culture of live music.
0: Reading between the lines of that, there aren't many opportunities for you to perform live there. You have to travel if you want to do that.
1: Well, I I took a different route. I just, uh, with a with local with cafe owner, we turned it into a live music club. And... Um, Rather than, rather than be touring around, we, we decided that, you know, it's like putting out the piece of cheese for the, ma- for the mice. <laughs> um, you know, let them come to you. <laughs> what? You know, so is
0: that like a, an open mic type thing?
1: Not really an open mic. I mean, these, the, 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 the performers who, who uh, play there are, are professional musicians and, and very talented. But, you know, musicians when musicians smell a job, you know, that they, they, they will go, you know, they'll find their way uh, to that source. Mm. Um, and, um, it's it's just in our DNA. And that's what's happened. Some very fine performers have come here to Vigera de Fage, which is the name of the, the city that we live in. And, um, uh, the club has, um, has been taking off. Um, it's a small club, but uh, like, uh, on Saturday night, it was full and a uh, great performer there. Um, and um, and I play there too. I'm playing there next Saturday, or so, this coming Saturday.
0: So you're helping to nurture the future Portuguese music scene?
1: Absolutely.
0: Excellent.
1: Absolutely. I'm very much interested in that. And um, the success of this club, hopefully, will will lead other cafe, you know, and and, uh, venue owners to to do the same thing.
0: Well, on that uplifting note, I'll call it a day, but uh, hopefully we will get to catch up again sometime, and I look forward to future projects.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, It's been a pleasure to meet you and to chat a bit, and, um, yeah, let's do it again sometime.